Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Relevant content warnings can be found in each episode's description. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gender Journeys, the, the podcast, book edition. The podcast <laughs> where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. The book Today edition. Today we're talking about the books. <laughs> you usually are very adamant about the intro being the same. Yeah, but this is special. <laughs> um, guys, I'm very excited. <laughs> yes, Elle is very excited. So this week we are talking about the queer book. We just lost all our listeners. They're like, we don't want the book edition. Okay, stay for like a couple of minutes, y'all. I swear we have exciting news, and then I'm going to tell you every queer book there in 2021, and I understand if you leave at that point, or like put it on the background while you're like cooking and not really listening. I get it. I, I get it. I make these episodes because they bring me just more joy than you can imagine. Yes. <laughs> but we have a news first. Yes, we have an announcement, and that is very, very exciting and important, so to stick around for at least a little bit. It's also about books. It is also about books. But it's a fun thing about books. Yeah. It's an interactive. It's, we're getting more interactive with gender We're trying to. We did the, the poll. I did the poll a couple weeks ago with our first episode back. Yeah. Which I don't have the results for. Spotify stopped displaying them, so I don't know first. Okay, can I tell, can I, okay, yes, I tell so. the news? Here we go. So, y'all, up until this year, I've always used a program called Goodreads to track how I read. But Goodreads is attached to Amazon, and Amazon is destroying the world and not somebody I want to support, even though I support them a lot. But I'm working on it. So I switched over to a program called Storygraph, which is like kind of the indie um, alternative to Goodreads, which is super fun. And Storygraph has this like feature where you can make challenges for other readers and you can also join people's challenges. I've been very excited about both parts of that, but it inspired me to make like a public gender journeys challenge, reading challenge. Mm -hmm. More specifically, I made two public gender journeys reading challenges. Mm -hmm. um, one is fiction, one is nonfiction, and each of them have 10 prompts. So my thought with 10 is that First off, 10 is a good, nice round number. Second off, it means you'd read just about one book a month. Um, we're releasing it a little bit late, a little bit through January. Sorry about that. But it'd still be about one book a month. And in each of the challenges, one of the prompts is a graphic novel. So it's like a freebie. It's like graphic novels read very quickly. And I'm super, super excited about it. And Storygraph accounts are totally free. If you want to make the jump, if you already use Goodreads and you do want to make the jump, you can export all of your Goodreads and import them into Storygraph. I did that. That was kind of a lot. <laughs> um, if you don't want to make the jump to Storygraph or you don't read enough to track your reading, that's totally fair. I made these challenges such that you can totally just use them as like a resource. So I did 10 prompts for each fiction and for nonfiction, and under those prompts, I've already added books that I've read and like 1000% recommend. Um, so you can also just like go in and grab those books 
and run with them. You can join the challenge if you have a story graph. Um, you can add books. Please, please, please add books. It'll be so much fun because I would love to hear what books y'all think of and read for these challenges. Or if you've already read them, you can still add them because I will read them. Um, we will, of course, link these challenges below. I think you have to have a story graph account to join them, but you might be able to see them without an account. I'm not sure. I'm super freaking excited about this. Yes. <laughs> and I will be personally also doing the fiction challenge. I won't be doing the nonfiction challenge because I've already read a lot of them and they're kind of like general, um, such that I don't want to read like an overarching history of the gay movement in the U.S., Again, you've already um, read two of those, like. right? I've already read a couple of them. I'm good. Or a history of the AIDS epidemic, not something I want to read again. Very important to read once. Very sad, but I would be so freaking thrilled if people interact with this. If like three people interact with it, I'm just please know you will be making me personally very excited. Yes, I'm very excited for this too. I think it's so cool that you set this up, and I think it's so much fun. There's a lot of really awesome queer nonfiction and fiction out there and it's really cool to like get a kind of community around maybe yeah exploring that and also like i i wanted to make the challenges approachable even if like you don't have like a really strong reading habit right now because like i know personally i read like a lot but that is a me thing so like these challenges are definitely set up so that like if you're like trying to get back into reading or if you're trying to like, if you already have a reading habit that isn't super queer centric, but you want to add queer reading on top of that, it should be like, a, or if you're like in school or super busy or have young kids and you're like, when do I have time to read? Like if you read for like 15 or 20 minutes a day, you should be able to complete these challenges. Like it's not, mm-hmm. they are not overwhelming challenges. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And another note on that, from the perspective of somebody who doesn't read quite as much, you don't actually have to finish any of these challenges either. It will just be really cool if you join up with them, check out a couple of the prompts, find a prompt that really speaks to you, and then throw a book on there because that will act as a book recommendation for everyone else who looks at it, but specifically for Elle, who will be very excited and happy. Yeah, and I will read it, and then you can hear about it in the 2022 book summary that we do Um, because I make sure that we only do one book Gender Journeys episode a year, or else Gender Journeys would become a book podcast. Which wouldn't be the worst thing. I feel like you would host a pretty stellar book podcast, but that's not what we're here for today. But that's not what we're here for. And also, I'm making this up right now, and Josie hasn't heard it yet, but if lots of you will interact, and it does look like more than a couple of people are going to finish it, there will be a prize. I will figure out a prize. Oh, is there? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, I'll figure it out. So I don't know what that'll look like, because I really, I don't anticipate a ton of people interacting with this, but if y'all blow me away, mm-hmm. there will be a prize. Okay. Do we want to <laughs> set like a number on how many people we want to trigger the prize? Mm, if I see 10 or more people regularly, like seeming like they're going to finish this. Okay. I will make a prize. Okay. Sounds good. I'm very excited. Okay. Do you hear that, everybody? <laughs> We're all in this together. We all got to work together. Josie does not count as one of the people. I don't count as one of the people. <laughs> so, I guess. Y'all are all in this together. <laughs> all right. 
So I'm super excited about that. I think that's super. And again, again, I don't want it to be too much pressure because I, again, I know that I read a lot and sometimes I think I could be overbearing in my expectations of other people's reading. And so I'm really trying not to bring that energy. You can just literally go look at the challenges and see if there's a book on there that you want to read and then just add it to your own list. Like if that's your interaction with it, I will still be so happy. Like I, this is Mm -hmm. just sharing queer literature in like whatever form you want to interact with that. Or maybe you're like, I have a queer book that I love and want people to read. You can just go and add it. And like, that's your interaction. That's fine. Like I just want people... I just want it to be a resource. I just want people to interact with it in whatever way makes sense for them. Absolutely. And if you want some inspiration for how you might fill out that list, we're going to talk about all of the LGBTQIA plus books that Elle has read throughout this last year. 2021. 2021. How many books did you read in 2021? 118. This is ridiculous. How yeah. many books have you read so far in 2022? <laughs> okay, well, you have to tell the people what day it is in 2022. Okay, so far. yeah, so we're recording this on the 7th. I've it read is, four books. It has been 2022 for a week, and Elle has already read four books. This is what they were talking about when they said that they didn't want to be overbearing with their reading habits. <laughs> yes, it's very true. It's very true. Yeah, I've actually already read two queer books this year which i can't even talk about (laughs) you're ridiculous anyway tell us about the queer books that you read last year 2021 okay we're gonna start strong in january 2021 i don't know who else knows this but the great gatsby hit public domain in 2021 so i listened to a podcast um reading it and spoiler the great gatsby is a queer book there is a queer sex scene if you don't know about it i suggest rereading it and looking for mentions of <laughs> um, elevator shaft handles and portfolios. There's a lot of penis references in The Great Gatsby, y'all. Yeah, Great Gatsby, surprisingly gay book. Two men s- definitely fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you can Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take so my word for it. We started off strong there. Um, then I read a book called The 30 Names of Night, which was a beautiful trans narrative about a Syrian-American trans boy who is searching for his new name. And it is beautiful. It had some of the like most poetic and lovely descriptions of gender dysphoria and gender euphoria that I have ever read in my whole life. I do say in my review that like I wasn't able to focus very much on the story itself because of like y'all it was it was January 2021 so I was like struggling myself but I said I wanted to reread it which I will because it was just I felt like there was so much more there to read and understand strongly suggest also part of the reading challenges just saying <laughs> then I read raising them which is a book about raising a child gender creatively. It's about Mm. this little kid who they didn't assign a gender to. It's written by the mom, who also comes out as non-binary eventually. I happen to know from following their Instagram that the little kid now identifies as a little boy and uses he, him pronouns, but it's precious, and they don't know that about him yet when the book was written, and it's great, and I strongly suggest it. It made me think all sorts of different thoughts about parenting. It was also the book that inspired our yes. gender creative parenting in theory. And episode. I think we I think we cited it. I think, I think we, we did. I think it. that you might have quoted from it, so. Yes. It's amazing. Then I read What's Your Pronoun? If you use they them pronouns or any neo pronouns and you've ever had somebody be like, That's not grammatically correct, you should just buy this book and just throw it at people. 
that was my plan. And it's very good for that. It's very like <laughs> academic. It's not even particularly queer. It's like pretty dry and academic, but it definitely hammers home the point that they them is in fact grammatically correct. So I love that. Yep. Then I read Memoir of a Race Trader, mm. um, which I strongly suggest. It's about a white lesbian woman in the South fighting KKK members and she was working with black individuals to like infiltrate KKK rallies because she was white and she could do that and she would gather information and then they would like fight against the racist movements that were happening in the south in like the 70s and 60s yeah it's great I was really at the time that I read it looking for queer white ancestors that were doing anti-racist work that was important to me at the moment and this is a really great book for that I also read The Song of Achilles. Everybody knows about it. It's fine. It's really overhyped. <laughs> <laughs> but I read it finally. <laughs> I thought it was really nice. I really liked that one. I really thought it was fine. I thought it was just fine. Okay. I also read The Deep by River Solomon, and I would read anything by River Solomon and cry happy tears of joy that they have gifted us with more words because I am obsessed with them. Um, so I suggest everything they've ever written. The Deep actually isn't my most favorite of their novels, but I still fucking love it. So yeah. strongly suggest. Um, I read something called Beyond the Gender Binary, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't remember anything else about it, so <laughs> you'll have to Google it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this isn't this isn't a hard-hitting, like, really in-depth review. Look, man, if we were doing a really hard-hitting one of all of my books, I just need you to understand how long have we been set talking? We are currently in March 3rd. <laughs> so we have to keep going. We gotta be snappy. <laughs> we gotta be snappy. Okay, continue. Continue, please. <laughs> okay, then I read The Gay Revolution, The Story of the Struggle, which is, like, a great just overarching story of the gay movement in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Also part of the reading challenges, y'all. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Um, read The Empress of Salt and Fortune, which has a non-binary main character. Also, there's a, I think that there's a sapphic storyline too. I don't remember there being a romantic storyline in that at all. It's like very, very subtle. <laughs> Maybe I just missed it. Who would have thought? <laughs> okay, then I read The Stonewall Reader, which is incredible. And I strongly suggest it for anybody that's looking to like read some queer history for the US. Also part of the reading challenges. And then I read this great book of short stories called Glitter and Ashes. Oh. Oh, which Josie is an author in. Yes. Um, but which genuinely had, like, it has such good short stories in it. Obviously, yeah. Josie's being the best, but, like, go read it. 10 out of 10. Yep. Um, then I read All Boys Aren't Blue, which is a memoir of a black non-binary individual um it's pretty challenging so like be forewarned there's like some abuse there's some sexual assault um there's racism there's transphobia it's tough but it's also like absolutely beautiful and incredible and so well written and i do really strongly recommend it Ooh, then I read The Sword of Summer, and I'll just sum up all of those books, because there's three of them. It's another, uh, how do you say his name? Uh, The Lightning Thief guy. Rick Riordan? Yeah, it's another Rick Riordan series. It has a gender-fluid character, because this individual is the child of Loki, so of course this individual is gender-fluid. 
10 out of 10. I read it solely for that purpose. Wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's three books. We won't come back to it, though. We're just going to cap it there. Okay. <laughs> I read Transgender History, which is what it says on the tin, but it's really good. Yep. Also part of the reading challenge. Mm-hmm. For those keeping score, we are on March 20th. <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> there's more these are really good recommendations Elle has really good taste in books and they if you are paying attention they will help you in the reading challenge that we talked about at the yeah. beginning so these are the hints for the reading challenge these could you hints. just click the link and go to the reading challenge and see the hints yes you can you don't have to listen to well, this I again. already pointed out one of the prompts on the challenge is read a book where the gay romance is not the main plot yeah and I already mentioned a story Oh, you have to go back and listen for it. (laughs) Yeah, listen carefully. (laughs) These will all also obviously be listed in the um, show notes. Yes. Like, Josie's most hard work of the year is going back and listening to my rants and finding all of the books. So (laughs) make sure you go check it out. (laughs) Yes, please click on some links. Okay, then I read Ruby Fruit Jungle, which was, like, fine, but it's, like, it's, like, a queer classic it's written by like one of the original lesbians of like the lesbian movement one of the first lesbians ever made (laughs) yeah exactly obviously they weren't the first lesbians but like she was really important Mm -hmm. it was fine okay then i read trapdoor which is it's listed on storygraph i'm just now seeing as a critical anthology in art and culture so you have to be into (laughs) critical anthologies of art and culture it was pretty difficult for me to get through because i didn't understand a lot of it but it made me think about art and queer art in a different way than I ever had. Hmm. So it was fun to like read and gather what I could from it. I didn't get most of it though. Most of it went over my head and that's okay. I read Captive Genders, which I suggest for everybody. It is a book about being gender nonconforming and in the prison industrial complex, whether or not that is prisons, jails, detention centers, etc. It's amazing. I cannot suggest it highly enough. I read a book called A Low Life in High Heels, the Holly Woodlawn story. If you already know who Holly Woodlawn is, you are you know more than I did going into this book. <laughs> but she's apparently a very famous trans woman who was like a movie star in like the 70s and 80s. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You told me about that one too. It's Even if you don't know who she is, I didn't know who she was. I think it's important to understand how people thought about being trans before like this moment of like very visible transness. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting for that. Yeah. And I think on that note, it's important for our collective history to know that that wasn't necessarily always like hidden and horrible. Right. 1000%. Yeah. She was like literally a movie star. And like, yeah, it's... There are are nuances, but Exactly. I read In the Dream House, which I super strongly suggest. Mm -hmm. I will also give a trigger warning for it. It is very dark. It is about domestic abuse in a lesbian relationship, but absolutely incredible at the same time. Probably one of the best written books that I read last year. It was really gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. And it, it like makes you scared. It's written so well. It's, it's very eerie. It's very well written. I Mm -hmm. really strongly suggest it. Yep. It's also one of the like classics of queer literature. Mm-hmm. More more recent because it came out in 2019, but it's on its way to being it's a an, classic. It's a modern classic. Yeah. <laughs> I read When the Tiger Comes Down the Mountain, but that is simply a sequel to The Empress of Salt and... Empress of Salt and Fortune. That's the one. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Still has a non-binary main character. 
It's great. Yeah. I read Cemetery Boys, which I would strongly, strongly suggest. It's like a young adult quasi-romance, quasi-fantasy uh, book about a trans Mexican-American kid. Very cute. Very fun. Yeah. I read How to Survive a Plague, which is the opposite. Not cute, not fun. Um, it's about the AIDS crisis, but very important to like understand how our queer culture was shaped here in the U.S. at least. Then I read Detransition Baby, which we were going to do a podcast episode on. Did we, we ever do? We were going to do a whole episode on it. We never did. Okay. It's a lot. You can really dig into that one. Yeah. So We still could do an episode on it, but we'll, we'll see about that. We'll we're, see. we're a little less timely now. It was it, it was a big fe- uh, phenomenon back then. It was in. a big phenomenon. I think we didn't do it because I read it May 5th, by the way, if you're keeping score. We're at May 5th. We're not halfway <laughs> through the year yet. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> But then I got top surgery, like, almost immediately after that. And, like, right. things were just messy. Yeah. And it's a really complicated book. I would both, if you read it, go listen to what the author has said about writing it, too. Because I think it's very important to understand in context. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okie dokie. Moving forward. Ooh, I read a bunch of not queer stuff. Aren't we excited? We're going to jump. Okay, then I read All Out, which I definitely read last year as well. But Josie read All Out to me while I was recovering from top surgery because it's a series of like short stories about queer and transgender specifically retellings of like fairy tales and old stories. It was wonderful. It Mm -hmm. was a wonderfully healing process for me while I was recovering from top surgery. I set out in 2021 to be reading like a lot of queer and specifically nonfiction queer books. And so that's why the beginning part of 2021 was like really packed. It gets slower, I swear. Next, I read No Man of Woman Born, which Mm -hmm. I strongly suggest. It's a series of short story, fantasy short stories, which the character's transness subverts various um, like prophecies and stuff. Right. The No Man of Woman Born is like a... It's a Shakespeare reference. Yeah, it's, I think, oh God, I want to say it's Hamlet. It okay, might but be Macbeth. It I can't references remember which one. Lord of the Rings much better to me. You know, that scene where yeah. What's-Her-Face with the blonde hair is like... I am no man. I am no man. And yeah. she stabs the Nazgul and he dies. Yeah, which is, I just find it so funny that the reason Tolkien did that is because he was annoyed at Shakespeare for the no man of woman born twist to have been via cesarean section. And he was like, that's really boring. It's right, right there on the tin. It could have been a woman. <laughs> right. And then these folks were like, you're boring too, Tolkien. It yeah. could have been non-binary it person. It could have been. And like trans people. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's very fun. I cried definitely throughout them, but they're very, very fun and lighthearted. So I suggest it. Yeah. On the opposite end of the lighthearted spectrum, I read Boy Erased, which is about a gay boy who is sent to a conversion th- camp. Not lighthearted. Very important though. Very important to like know what that experience is like. I really appreciated this memoir because it wasn't what people think of as conversion therapy. There was no like weird pornographic viewing. There was no like torture. There were no electroshock therapy. Like that wasn't what it was, but it was still just as like emotionally harmful, which I think is important to understand. Yeah. Strongly suggest. Then I read Normal Life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard me talk about normal life, so I won't go into it, but everybody should- We did three episodes on normal life. (laughs) I can't shut up about normal life, but everybody should read it. Oh, I also read a book called Tomorrow Will Be Different by Sarah McBride, who is a trans woman, and it was absolutely abysmal, and I hated it, and nobody should ever read it, and if you do read it, please know that I hated it. (laughs) Um, 
there are very legitimate and nuanced reasons for that, which yes. would could probably be their own gender journeys episode. Yes, we could do that. Um, but it was a very white, very binary trans experience. It's such a white binary trans experience, and it's such a pity me, even though, like, at 14, she was meeting with Joe Biden. Ugh. We'll get into it. We'll, we'll do an episode on we'll it. We'll do an episode on it, or you can look at my review on Goodreads or Storygraph, because I'm a crazy person, and I'm currently using both, but mostly Storygraph. <laughs> Cool. Then I read a book called Boyfriend Material. It was an MLM rom-com. It was hilarious. It wasn't anything deep, though. I read Last Night at the Telegraph Club, which is actually an expansion of one of the short stories from All Out. It was pretty good. It was a lesbian coming-of-age story, more Mm -hmm. so than anything. Um, Specifically, a lesbian Asian-American woman in, what, like the 70s in San Francisco, I would say? Oh, I thought it was even... Was it earlier? I thought it was even earlier than that. It might have been even earlier. Because it was about a um, a male impersonator oh, at yeah. a club. So yeah. I think it might have been even earlier. I don't remember, though. I didn't read it. Oh. You read the short story. I read right? the short story version of it, yeah. Whatever. Okay. San Francisco. Circa a while sometime. Back. <laughs> I read a book called Razor Braid Tears, which like technically is supposed to be queer, but it's just because two guys who were dating got murdered and their dads go on a quest to avenge them. It wasn't that good. But if you really like like thrillers or mystery and like crime books, you might you might enjoy it. Yeah. I read Phoenix Extravagant, which is an amazing Oof. book, has a non-binary main character, non-binary author. It is in the reading challenges. It's amazing. Strongly suggest. Yes. And here I do want to point out um, the reading challenges. You don't have to read the books that Elle has put in the reading no, challenges. No, you can add different ones. These are I just added books. So all of the prompts already have a suggestion. If you don't have, if you don't know what you would want to read, but you're also welcome to put other things. Then I read Freshwater, which is also about a non-binary. Well, it's like kind of a memoir, but it's kind of fiction. It's the only book in the challenges that is in both the fiction and the non-fiction challenge because it's a little bit of both. Um, it's great. Oh, I read One Last Stop, which is an absolutely incredible uh, lesbian romance. Strongly suggest. Yes, very fun. Um, By the same person who wrote Red, White, and Royal Blue, which you read in 2020. And And is amazing. And it's an MLM. Hilarious. Both of them are very, very funny. Yes. And I believe the author is actually non-binary. I believe Casey McQuiston. I think so. But very good books, no matter what. Yes, indeed. Then I read Cosmo Nights, which is a graphic novel. It's queer. It's great. I think it centers a sapphic romance. I believe your Goodreads review when I read it back before you swapped over was um, something about this has space lesbians. What more could you want? Yeah, sorry. My <laughs> my my review is literally space lesbians in all caps with three exclamation points. What more do you want? And I also read it in like 15 minutes sitting in the parking lot waiting for Josie. <laughs> so there you go if you want something quick and lighthearted i read once in future which is a retelling of king arthur but with a woman and that's like the twist is it queer other than that it's super queer yeah there's super um, queer (laughs) well the the main character is bi okay there's a i mean there's a non-binary person i remember you being frustrated that the non-binary character was kind of very severely sidelined yeah very severely sidelined Mm -hmm. um merlin is gay merlin is gay it also very notably takes place in like the far future yes 
So it's like a it's a it's a science fantasy reimagining of the King Arthur mythos. It was a really good idea. It was like pretty poorly written, I think was the issue. Yeah, the execution was a little bit lacking, but it was still fun. It was it had really fun moments. It, the yeah. pacing was like kind of a problem. I think that's why I don't remember it super well. That's fair. Anyway, definitely a fun read. <laughs> Recommend um, it. I read a book called The Invisible Library, which is like a 16 book long series that I haven't gone back to, but it has a secondary character who's gay. But because it's a really long series that I haven't gone back to, I don't know how important he is or how much his gayness shines, but he was there. Also, it's a great book, so strongly suggest. Ooh, I read a book called Between Perfect and Real, which is about a trans guy who like tries out for Romeo and Juliet and gets the part as Romeo and then is like... That helps him discover that he's trans because he's like really enjoying playing Romeo. Um, it's written by a trans mask non-binary person though, which I think is super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good non-traditional trans coming of age storyline. Yeah, it, it, didn't, it, was, it didn't, and it was just like very well written. Like it was very yeah. like healthy binding practices, healthy like queer communities, etc. Yeah, very good. I read the Ghost We Keep which was written by the same author as I Wish You All the Best, which is one of my favorite non-binary books in the entire world. And it really disappointed me, like, a lot. It was it was not very good, honestly. So there's that. But I did read it. I then also read Non-Binary Lives, which is just, like, non-binary memoirs, which is two books that I've read that have very not helpfully vague titles. <laughs> They're very hard to find. <laughs> um But it's, again, just a series of memoirs about non-binary people being non-binary. I really loved it. Also, we got it in an independent bookstore in San Francisco, like, a day or two before my top surgery. So it just had really good energy for me. It does have really good energy. I forgot we got that there. Yeah. Um, I also read a book called Winter Keep, which was, like, if anybody else remembers the Graceling books from, like, middle school, the author wrote a fourth one. So it's back, and it's amazing. And there's, like a secondary queer character. It is not that important. I can't even remember who it is that's queer, but it's listed as an LGBTQIA book here on Storygraph, and it's a great book, so I'm going to talk about it. Read The House in the Cerulean Sea, which is great. The queer romance is very background. It's more like fantasy fun, and then there just happens to be two gay guys. I read The Queer Art of Failure, which is a queer theory book. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about how Chicken Little is... No, not Chicken Little. Chicken Run. Chicken Run. Yeah, Chicken Run is like a socialist, queer, utopia movie. So if you want to know more about that, go read it. And also how Dory from Finding Nemo is a queer icon. Those are my hooks for The Queer Art of Failure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Queer theory is an interesting, an, an interesting branch of, yep. you know... It's a fun one. I also read Real Queer America, which is an incredible book about this trans woman who's from, um, I forget where she's from originally, but she went to school in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's where she came out as trans. Oh, she's from Utah originally. Anyway, she's trans and she really believes in trans enclaves in red states where you wouldn't usually think of trans and queer people being. And she does a road trip throughout a bunch of red states and interacts with the awesome trans and queer communities that are there. And it's great. And I really strongly suggest suggest listening to it because she reads it herself and it just adds something special to it. Y'all, we're getting close. I promise. We are now at December 23rd. So very close. You'd think there wouldn't be all that many left, but I bet you there's going to be more than you expect. (laughs) There's two. (laughs) Okay. 
I read When the Moon Was Ours, which was a trans narrative. It was very magical realism and kind of difficult to follow, which made it very... I'm not great at reading books like that. I think this was a great book. I just struggle with books like that. You know, books that sometimes like feel like you're like reading a trance. I just... It makes me confused. But I thought it was a really good book. It also had the trans boy in When the Moon Was Ours was... Google says Italian Pakistani. I just remember him being Pakistani, but maybe that's my own biases. But he had a really interesting, like, his experience with being transgender was very tied to his Pakistani roots and his Pakistani culture um, Mm. because he was fulfilling this role of, I forgot where his dad was in the story, but it was just him and his mom. And there's like a Pakistani tradition of if it's, if there's a single child with a single mother or single daughter with a with a single mother, that daughter can take on the role of being a son until that child uh, becomes of marrying age in order to, to help the mother move through the world. I'd never heard of it. This book was a fantastic introduction to that. And then because the character in this book was actually a trans man, he then had to interact with the fact that that role didn't fit him perfectly because he never wanted to go back to being a woman, which mm. is like the tr- cultural and traditional role. You would go back to being a woman. Interesting. It okay. was like a, it's like an act you're playing. Anyway, very, very good. And then I read The Nobleman's Guide to Scandal and Shipwrecks, which I actually don't know if I read either of the Montague sibling books last year while we were doing this. Um, but this I don't is like, so. I don't think so. I think that it had been a while because yeah. there was a long break between the third one coming out. Anyway... The Nobleman's Guide to Scandal and Shipwrecks is probably the least gay of the three Montague sibling books, but they are all absolutely incredible. The first one is about an interracial MLM, absolutely incredible relationship that has some disability rep as well, set Mm -hmm. in the 17th century. The second one is about, again, an interracial, actually, sapphic relationship, but the main character is definitely asexual and increasingly obvious a romantic. So then it's not really a relationship. Well, it is a relationship, but it's not a. It's not like a romantic relationship. It's not like a romantic relationship. But it's they like, have a. I don't know. At the end of that book, it feels like it's an asexual uh, relationship, but in the third one, it's clarified that it's not that. Interesting. Well, I haven't gotten that far in the third one yet, I guess, so. Or it's like, I guess it's just kind of ambiguous, which, like, is okay. But it's definitely asexual, and I appreciated an asexual main character representation. Yeah. Yeah. Boom! That was all the books, the queer books that I read in 2020. Incredible. 2021. Did you have a favorite? (sighs) Probably. Like, probably? I think my favorite had to be Phoenix Extravagant. That's fair. Phoenix Extravagant also really left like a big mark on me. I yeah. think that that was a really fantastic. It was really good. Yeah. And that's not including nonfiction because I think it's hard to judge nonfiction yeah. and fiction against each other. I mean, fiction is just always more fun to read. Some people might disagree with me, but in my opinion. But I think it would have to be Phoenix Extravagant. It was just unlike any other book I've ever read. Yeah. Even aside from being super queer, like aside from having an incredible non-binary main character, like just the fantasy parts of it were like mind-blowingly good. Yeah. And it being about a culture that was like so fundamentally outside of Mm -hmm. what you usually see in Western fiction, just And the demonization of western the people. West. There yeah. was there was so much just like the west yeah, kind of energy fun. which I was mean, great. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. If you've made it here, dear listener, thank you so much for listening to my rants. I would love to hear if anybody reads anything from this list or if you have thoughts or if I miss things. If there's like your favorite queer book ever I've never read, oh, please yeah, hit me up because mm-hmm. I will read it and I will get back to you. And one way that you can do that if you are too shy to interact directly with us via our social media that is listed off at the end of the episode, you can join into the Storygraph Challenge. Come join the Storygraph Challenge and add it to the challenges. So the Storygraph Challenge is both the challenges are in the episode description here at the bottom, as well as the full long list of all of the books that Elle read. Well, the the queer ones. I mean, Elle read 100 and some books this year, guys. 118. Thank you. So we'll have to tally up how many queer books I read because I've never counted them. But Josie will. Josie can uh, add it in post. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up this week on Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. Check out that StoryGraph challenge, y'all. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Al. Bye, y'all. And until next time, just keep thinking about it. Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Berdash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash gender journeys. We hope to hear from you soon.